0: with um, one of our friends Rachel and I was actually like teaching her like the job and she was following me along. And then I remember her saying like, oh yeah, like I'm staying with someone named Zana. like, Zana? I was like, what type (laughs) of name (laughs) is that? And we were going for dinner that night, me and Rach. And then um, she was like, oh, do you mind if Zana comes? And I remember thinking in my head like, oh, it's that funny name again. (laughs) How's the song go? Uh Ugh, ugh. Go showy! It's your birthday.
1: We're gonna party like it's your birthday. Gonna sip a coffee like it's your birthday, and we're gonna go it's your birthday! Hey. hey! Happy birthday! I don't <laughs> not know if
0: that was the lyrics. I've got no I think idea. It is, yeah, but I think it's it was stuck in my head now. And I yeah. love it. Welcome to Keep It podcast. I'm Zana and I'm Jessica,
1: and welcome to our one year anniversary episode. How which is exciting! Why we're singing Happy Birthday?
0: Because <laughs> it's our birthday. Yes, we know you're all really excited. You can all pipe down. Thanks for being here. <laughs> it's actually a wild ride so we thought yeah. we'll do an episode recap kind of themed episode because well it's our fucking birthday. I know we wanted to cover everything we've kind of covered in this
1: last year mm. and kind of before that as well before we met we wanted to give you guys a rundown of our lives if you haven't you know been listening from the start so yeah but just wanted to kind of include it all in this episode mm. as a recap of yeah what's brought us to this moment right now. Yeah because
0: we've got a new lot of new followers and like I mean we've had like what nearly 52 episodes now so yeah. sometimes you start a podcast you know maybe in the middle, maybe at the end, mm. but we're going to fucking go right to the beginning and actually before the beginning, we're going to talk about our lives way before before the beginning of the beginning <laughs> before, of time. Before Zana and I even met each other, which was actually only 18 months ago, funny enough. <laughs> yeah. But we'll talk exactly. about that also. Mm-hmm. I think we want to start this episode with Zana's crazy fucking story. Oh, man. And, like, we've we've talked about this story before on many of the podcasts, but the big one it was the Cheat On Me, I'll Come Back Better episode. Yeah. And she really dived deep into um, what happened in that episode? So definitely tune into that one after this if you want the the f- whole, whole story. Yes, but we're going to give you a snippet, Zana. Take it away. Jam-packed what the story. fuck happened? I don't even know where to play start for this
1: one, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I guess we'll take you back, way back to the start of my last relationship, okay? Mm-hmm. It started. And how old great. were you? 19. 19. I so, actually didn't want a, a boyfriend at all when I was younger. I was like, I'm living my life. I'm having the best time. I didn't want a boyfriend at all. And this, you know, guy rocked into my life and he he actually was very patient. I didn't want to date him for six months. He stayed around for six months until I actually said, Damn. yes, he can be my boyfriend. Wow. So it was a long time because I was really like, no, not really interested said should have gone with my gut should have gone with <laughs> but anyway I didn't um so we were together for seven years um I'm sure a lot of you listening will know this but we were together for seven years and we got engaged um and got married in January 2020 like legit married like yeah we huge wedding stunning wedding yeah I mean that dress was banging my body was Oof. banging they're like the highlight of my life and now I can't use them so yeah. it's quite a sad story actually <laughs> Highlight of my body's life like my body would never be like that again oh it was
0: tired of as- yeah
1: oh. but that's fine it's fine
0: <laughs> it's not
1: nah <laughs> um yes yeah, so we got married and literally one month to the day it was um the 18th of February so we got married Ooh. on the 18th of January 18th of February
0: exactly, exactly a month four wow. days
1: after Valentine's day as well mm. um he decided to break up with me and leave me for someone else yeah yeah so that was great yeah
0: yeah <laughs> had a nice little conversation in the kitchen he was just like Well, actually, yeah. So we're just going to unpack this a bit. Our relationship wasn't fine.
1: (laughs) Clearly (laughs) not, eh? I I mean, sometimes it is people are blindsided. I mean, I was slightly blindsided. I didn't think that was going to happen at that stage. Especially a newlywed, like one month in. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen at that stage, but I knew Mm. our relationship wasn't super healthy. I knew that I had this kind of feeling that something was happening behind the scenes and mm. when you have that gut feeling you really need to go with that gut feeling because a lot yeah. of the time you're right you um, get this wisdom later on though yes That's problem. exactly and it wasn't the first time that he had cheated he had cheated on me before mm. we actually got engaged and I took him back I was going in full guns blazing when I found out that he was cheating on me the first time that we were going to break up so we I was sitting there on the couch it was actually the most horror like horrific Horr-
0: horrific, horrific,
1: horrific moment of my life. Like I remember the pure emotion that I felt when I sat on that couch and I got this message on my phone. It oh was yeah. in the request as well. Cause it always was always check your request. Yeah, it was a boyfriend of the girl and she'd, he'd messaged me and he, Literally t- said everything, like yeah. everything that they did down to a T, where they went, what places they went to, what they did sexually, literally everything. She told him everything that happened, how many times they had sex. Yeah. It was just like, it was intense. Even like okay. the last time that things happened, it was, it was a lot. Um, and I remember this, like, it's like this, it's like your body leaves you. It's like mm-hmm. your whole entire soul is gone when you find it. And you're like, do I believe this? Like this is, it's like a dream. It's like a a, a movie because I had never once ever before that moment questioned him, ever, which is even scarier because I had full trust. And he just took advantage of the fact that I was a shift worker and I was not home a lot and I worked night shift and all that that shit. So. It was super manipulative um, and kind of when I saw that happen to myself, I was like, oh, this is like a serious gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And I – we broke up because I was like, I need time. I'm, I remember the police actually came to my house the next day. <laughs> oh, my God, I remember this story <laughs> because um, they came to check on a domestic violence um call that they got yeah. because they heard yelling and screaming in the house. And there was, it was me. I take full, they took full <laughs> blame of that because I was fucking pissed and Damn I was, him. I was not like not hitting him. I didn't touch him once, but I was banging the table because he was not, he would not be honest with me. <laughs> oh he would not be honest. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know what this is. And he was denying the whole thing. And I was like, I have evidence right here. If you seriously sit there and deny and I was banging the toe. I was I like, tell me! Yeah, and they rocked up and like, we had a domestic violence call. You're like, Are you look, right? he just
0: cheated on me. And they're like, no worries, ma'am. But the next morning. They came the next morning. Oh. What just, if something had happened that night? Yeah, if you were beaten or he was beaten, exactly. that's way too Well, weak. lucky. It could have been dead.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I wasn't. It was actually me. <laughs> but yeah so that happened i went full in thinking i was gonna break up with him we went and met up i was like no i'm not gonna be with him somehow i sucked him back in and we ended up getting back together and then engaged i think a year and a half later and then married and then he left me for someone else and he now has twins with that person and it's only been two and a half years yeah um she pretty much i think she pretty much got pregnant within six months of them being together Mm. um which is an awkward situation a lot of my family flew flew from new zealand too so um
0: Six, you forgot yeah. the other bit too. One of the names of
1: the kids. Oh, yes, was a name that we had discussed naming our child. Yeah, pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so if
0: you go back to the episodes, <laughs> we actually had a big divorce party for yes. Zana because when you're married under a year, you have to wait two years to get divorced, mm-hmm. which – sucks like yeah. so sucks so we had the two-year and then she did all the court stuff and we had this big um celebration we did a pub crawl we all wore wedding dresses mm-hmm. and we did like this huge pub crawl in the cbd of brisbane and there was about 30 of us and it was fucking good it was so great i did spray my ankle like i do all the time it was a celebration great yeah and it was a hilarious night because people kept coming up to
1: me and thinking it was a hen's party and being like oh my god congratulations and then i'd look down and see my sash and it said divorce party yep. and they were like, "Oh wait." Congr- congratulations and i was like yeah still congratulations i'm fucking celebrating this yes. and then people were just very like they didn't really know where to stand they were either like full excited yes. oh my god this is amazing best thing i've ever seen in my life or they
0: were like i'm so sorry for you what a hard life
1: you must have and i'm like oh my god the it's not a time stashes to were key.
0: those yeah. stashes were absolute key it was so, so great so if, you, if you're a long-time listener, you would have followed the journey of like going through the divorce party and then being officially divorced. And then there's another huge aspect of um, Zana's life that we've mm-hmm. done in the last year, but which we'll go into a little bit later. Yeah.
1: But I guess moral of the story is trust your gut. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel like something's going on, it probably is. Yeah. Um, but if you do have past trauma and that is kind of influencing how you feel, maybe don't trust the gut in that in that sense, kind of investigate a bit further because trauma mm-hmm. can kind of make you feel like people are doing it again, even though they might not be. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the gut is always the way to go. Yeah.
0: Mm. Nasty. So tell us about your story. You also have a similar train. Similar, yes. I mean, that's why we bonded initially mm. when we first met. So well, where was mine? So it was five years ago. Yeah, Mine was about five years ago now. Um, I was with a partner for four years. Um, We built a house together, like, on the coast, which was so beautiful, like, had a dog together. You know, I actually really genuinely thought my life was so Perfect. Like I was so freaking happy. Like I just I've never like felt at home before because I've moved around a lot as a child and like I'm just constantly bouncing around all the time. So it was so nice to finally not only have my own home, but like to have a partner and be like, yeah, I'm building this amazing life. I was then doing, strangely enough, a plank challenge. (laughs) I know, random. But I wanted to tape it on my phone and I asked my partner all the time. I was like, oh, can I um borrow your phone to play? Oh no, to videotape it. And then I'll play music on my phone just to distract me. Cause I'm like, need to be distracted doing this plank. He's like, yeah, sure. So then I have his phone up videotaping me and I've got my music on and I'm doing this plank. And then his um, messenger bubble pops up. You know when you get the bubbles mm-hmm. and I'm like, they're planking. And then like this bubble pops up and I obviously see it. And he goes, I can't believe you did that to Jess. <laughs> and like you're planking and you're kind of like, Hmm, that says my name and Mm -hmm. that says something about me. And then I'm trying to plank and I'm like, I've never, ever, ever, ever gone through someone's phone. Mm -hmm. So to me, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And then I just sat there on the floor and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I pushed on the bubble and then obviously I've gone through and I've looked at the conversation and like, yeah, long story short, he's cheated on me. And I was like, whoa. And it was his friend, his girl, like a chick friend was having a go at him because he did it with a girl that she's best friends with and she's got a boyfriend So I was just like, oh, my God. So I just went straight into the room and obviously confronted him. Um, We slept in separate rooms for like two weeks, but then I just got weaseled straight back into it, you know. You'd forgive him. And, um, yeah, after a few weeks I kind of noticed he was doing – you know, untrustworthy activities mm-hmm. again, and he was home and he was passed out on the couch. He was drunk. He had red wine all over his shirt, and I was just like, "What the fuck!" And I went through his phone, and I was like, "I can't believe I'm this person now." And I found more stuff, and I just said to him the next morning, "I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I fucking deserve so much better than this. I'm gone." So I moved out, and I had a house with him. So long story short, I ended up in like thirty thousand dollars debt which really sucked as a 27-year-old. I was like, yeah. I thought I had this mortgage and all this shit. I've just spent four years paying off this, like, you know, putting money towards this house. And then I was just like, fuck my wife. So, yeah, and I lost my dog, mm. which really sucked. But it led me onto this, like, particular journey. And it's kind of the journey of how Zana and I met. So I met up with some really amazing friends. One's called Michael Saliba actually. And we Mm. did a podcast with Michael Saliba called Just Fucking Do It. And when you listen to that podcast and you hear his energy, you can just see that this guy, like he fucking makes you just want to do shit with your life. He froths on life. Oh, he does. (laughs) And he makes you excited about life. So I've got a really great friendship with him and his wife, Janet, and they were like, Jess, let's have coffee. Let's talk about all this shit. Um, We really need you to read a book now I don't read books. (laughs) Your attention span is close to zero. (laughs) Yeah. I've got like serious, like internal ADD or something going on. I can't read. But anyway, I trusted them. They said, you need to read this book. It was called 100 Things. What's on your list by Sebastian Terry. And they said, it is going to change your fucking world. And I was like, all right, read the book and it did change my world. (laughs) I sat there and the book is about like following your bucket list journey. So this guy had created his bucket list. So one of his best mates died at a really young age and he decided, wow, if I died tomorrow I would be so upset because I have not done all the things I wanted to do. Yeah. So he wrote a hundred things and he devoted his entire life around this bucket list. And I thought, fuck yeah, I'm, like, I'm doing that. It took me about three weeks and I made this list. Then I decided to like <coughs> die at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. And then I decided to um, – I wanted to like put my goals out there to make myself more accountable. So I made a website. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I called it, but I made this website and um, I wrote out all my – I remember what it's called. What was it called? Nourish 100. Nourish 100, yeah, it was too. Yeah, because I remember that I looked back – recently,
1: very recently. And I looked back and that's what came up Um, on your, there was something that came up under oh. your name and it was
0: Nourish 100. So I called it Nourish 100. There we go. Yeah. .net.au or .com.au, yeah. I'm not even sure. But I like, it was so nice. Cause like I started this big journey and I thought, you know what, fuck this. Like I'm going to just live my best life. And I'm going to like, you know, go exploring. And I really sat there and wrote all these things down. And one of them was to do a rural remote nursing contract. So it was like in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I want to do something like that. Or some kind of travel nursing. Didn't know much about travel nursing at the time. Um, but then, Long story short, I was nearly single, going around, having a good old time, Um, and I slept with somebody that I knew, um, I had history with, and, you know, did the naughty, unprotected sex, and because we had unprotected sex the first time, kept kind of doing it with him, and after about a week and a half, I developed symptoms went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with HSV2, which is the herpes virus. So I was in this stage of my life where I was like, wow, I've just had my heart broken by this man. I'm in all this debt. I've just been diagnosed with herpes. How the fuck am I ever going to date again? And I felt tiny. I felt so tiny and I felt so depressed and so upset where before I was on such a high with my bucket list journey. And then I just sat there and I was like, yeah, I can sit here and I can fucking be upset with this. Or I can like do this bucket list journey and devote the next. I said, I'm going to do 20 bucket list items in 18 months. And then I booked a rural remote contract and I fucked off to New South Wales and I never went back to Perth. I <laughs> still haven't. <laughs> and I still haven't gone back to Perth. And it's been five years. <laughs> so that is, yeah, that is that part of the journey. Yeah, God, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that was like, that was a great, like, start to this story that was awesome <laughs> it's, it's, it' was a big story combined into five minutes but yeah
1: I got there and it's this horrible thing that I feel exactly the same it doesn't really matter what happens to you like what trauma happens to you but when it does happen to you and your whole entire life changes in that second yeah it feels like the whole entire world falls away and yeah. you're just like what the fuck am I gonna do that now?
0: feeling that you said like when you' feel like your body like you've just left your body yeah. like I literally when I saw the message that said I can't believe It is that
1: nausea feeling and then your whole body goes cold and your soul leaves. It is like,
0: it's undescribable for people who haven't. And then you don't trust your emotions anymore because you're like, what the
1: fuck? Yeah, and it took me a long time to trust my emotions again. Mm. And it took a long time, you know, now with my relationship with Judy, it took a long time and a lot of patience with Judy to accept those things that were going to take a little bit more time because it did take me a long time to trust my instincts and trust my feelings because- I'd been so hurt before. Yeah. And it fucked yeah, up. Man. It fucks you up.
0: up. But I, I was proud of myself because instead of, you know, I still let myself have like those depressive days, you know, when you're just like, fuck, life sucks. Yeah. you just feel like shit. and You don't want to get everybody out of bed. has those days. Yeah. But I only had those days very minimally. Cause I was like, get the fuck up Jess. Yeah. I was like, there are people out there that have got cancer. They have like, there are so many people out there that have things so much worse. And yeah. I had to try and remind myself of that. Like, I don't want to be into this pity party thing. So I was like, I was doing my bucket list journey and this is it. And then somebody at my work, I was just diagnosed. Right. And when you first get an outbreak with herpes, it's fucking horrendous like it is so shit like it is painful and you do, you just don't feel your best that's for sure mm. um but it's never like that the next time you have it like the first is always the worst and then it gets a lot better so I can talk about that another time but I had a conversation I was feeling really shit at work and I had a conversation with somebody in one of the theater um rooms and she was just like you need to talk to blah 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 and theater too like you know, she's going to really inspire you with your bucket list. And I was like, okay. And I had a five-minute conversation with her and she was working for an agency. She just came back from a contract and I just thought, fuck, yeah, this is what I need. And I think I quit my job and I was on a plane within like two or three weeks of that. And then I was like, catch you later, purse. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very, yeah, very crazy how the whole kind of thing worked out. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so cool. And Things happen for up, a reason. They do.
1: They 100% do. Yeah. And I have, that, I have that moment as well, That that, that moment where I thought, no more tears are going to be shed for this man, for this person. I need to suck it up and move on because I'd like I had to, I'd cried too much. I'd had too much sadness. He'd taken too many years of my life that I thought, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. He's yeah. not taking a second more of my life. I remember I was living with my parents at the time because I'd moved out from my with my from my place. He didn't help a single minute to, you know, sort out the house. So I did that all by myself with my mum moved straight in with my parents. It was also COVID time. So we all went into lockdown, which was even better, you know, dealing Funny. with all those emotions. So I worked through my heartbreak through reading and through TikTok dances. That's right. You went <laughs> a through lot of TikTok, TikTok, TikTok dances. And you know, I had a great body. I was banging. I was feeling myself. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to do all these TikTok dances. And now I look back and I'm like, oh God, what a loser. But no, they're great dances. It helped me through like Be- Because the- you did the TikTok dance that yeah. made us do our
0: first TikTok, exactly. which we're going to as I well.
1: And I, I found a purpose outside of, you know, that part of me. So mm-hmm you have to find another direction. You have to kind of sit there and think, yeah, what kind of do I want from life? Do I want to just sit here and let, you know, this one horrible thing. And yes, it is a horrible thing that's happened, Mm -hmm. change the course of my life and take like turn it to a, you know, a dark hole, or am I going to use this and learn from it and grow and use it as personal growth? And I remember sitting there looking at the water in this exact moment, and I think I was reading, reading the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that book and I was like, damn. This guy and the way he writes is getting me so inspired. And I think I had to be at that stage that I was reading that Mm -hmm. book. If I think I've read that book right after the breakup, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have sat with me because I would have been like, I'm not ready to confront all the fucked up things in my life and just throw them away. I was not ready for that. So I think I was sitting in that moment, I was ready. And the things that he said in that book were just like, you know, get the fuck over it, get the fuck up and move the fuck on. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to spend a second more time feeling sad about this. Yes, I might feel sad about it at, at times throughout the rest of my life. And I still do because it's something that's, obviously a, g- a giant course of my life changed. Oh, so yeah. I still think about it, but it really took like gave me that step to be like, you know what? I'm spending the rest of my life for me. I'm doing life for me and I'm going to revolve my life around me. And I just also thought I'm going to book a fucking remote contract and leave Sydney forever. It's
0: <laughs> funny that both of our journeys started with a fucking book yeah. I should start reading more. I wonder what I'll do with my life if I start oh, reading since more. then I've read so many good ones. That's so like the last book I ever ones. read. Mm. <laughs> Five years ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I've read the next one you would be like, maybe one or two and I'm currently reading a book right now. So who knows what will fucking happen. Who knows? But, yeah, a book started our journey. It did. Into rural remote nursing. Yeah, it did. And neither of us knew we were on that path we didn't even know each other. We no. were just like we'd both gone this way and then we came right together. Yeah, because I had sold all... All my shit in Perth. I was like, I don't want that fucking fridge It reminds me of him. I don't want that yep. fucking table. Same. That's disgusting. So I didn't take really much from the house. And then I ended up selling everything. When you're doing contracts, you get free accommodation. So it's kind of like, well, I don't need a home. So I did that. I actually lived in Indonesia for six months. That's another story. But I just, <laughs> I literally sold everything because I was yeah. moving to a Muslim country. So I couldn't even bring my clothes. So like no shorts, no like little singlets. Like I had to come back to Australia with nothing. <laughs> I had a suitcase. Yeah. And I have rebuilt and now I have too much shit again. Yeah, I know. It happens. So I was a little nomad traveling around and then you became a nomad. I was the same. I also sold all my
1: shit. And was actually traveling around in my tiny Yaris at the very start, doing rural and remote. No, no. doing my rural and remote contract in my tiny Yaris. I packed everything that I had into that tiny car. I tell you what, that Yaris. If anyone wants to buy a small car, there's a lot of boot space. (laughs) I tell ya, I packed a lot of shit in the back of that car, and I yeah headed off to Griffiths, New South Wales, for my first contract, and that was my first contract too. But obviously, like separate times. Yeah, and then I went to Wagga. Um, at at that point, I'd taken my dad's Range Rover, and I thought I was going to drive this Range Rover. Horrible. Yeah. It was an old Range Rover, guys. It wasn't a new one. Um, but I was driving around and I was maybe half an hour out of Wagga because I'd gone to the cheese factory and it fucking broke down. Mm. And I remember sitting on the side of the road being like, fuck you, dad.
0: Get <laughs> me you this dumb car. <laughs> and you're and sitting there, you're like, I'm single. I'm in Wagga. I don't know how to fucking do it. Like, what am I going to do? I drive to
1: work. I don't live near work. How am I? How the fuck am I getting to work every day? Yeah. And then they towed the car and they're like, "Oh, no worries. We'll just put it into the shop. Won't take long. Go to the mm-hmm. shop. Small yeah, regional town. We actually mm-hmm. don't know anything about European cars. We don't really know how to fix it. And sat there for another month. I was like, How the hell? What am I going to do? It sat there and sat there and sat there. So I had to go fly back to Sydney. Sell my Yaris, which was still sitting in Sydney, and buy a car in the same weekend. Oh, yeah. Which I fucking did. I sold my Yaris one day and I bought the Prado the next day. It was literally the money went into my account and the guy was like, I need the money for the new car. And I was like, just give me tonight. It literally went in and went straight to him. Like it was like momentary. And so then I ended up with Prince the Prado and he's a big boy. Got a rooftop tent on him Mm. and, uh, you know, travelled my way around Australia. Yeah. It was great.
0: And the best part about the rural remote contracts is you can do every single state. And I'd actually was working in a prison for a little bit and I just needed a little bit of like, I just needed another, an, an escape because working at the prison was really hard work. And I decided to go to Tasmania. I used to have a little caravan as well named Daisy. Yeah. And, like, Daisy used to be attached to my car and I used to take Daisy on, little like, little trips really fucking hard as a single woman uh, <laughs> trying to do those old school Viscount – was it a Viscount pop-top, I think it was called? Yeah. And having to, like, wind her up and, like, lift this thing up and pull the beds out and, fuck me, it was hard work. But I was going to Tasmania and I couldn't fit her on the ferry, so I had to put her in storage and I went to Tasmania and then I was there and I was like – you know what? I should go fucking do that prison job, like job again. I don't know why, but I felt really drawn to it. Maybe it was the chaos. I was drawn to the chaos of it. But I ended up making my way from Tassie. I did road tripped all the way with my fucking caravan all the way up to Grafton, New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And that is where I met Zana. I know, and we like to say we met in jail, which is quite a funny story. We actually met in jail, <laughs> and we actually didn't make actually we didn't make friends the first day.
1: Well, not the first day. I mean, not the first day. I, well, you, you came in full guns blazing because you'd been there before and I was like, who the fuck's this bitch? She thought Thinking I was a little... Uh, what, what do you think? You thought I was a bit... Uh, I thought you were a bit abrupt. Abrupt? Yeah. Mm. I thought you were going to be one of those very, very cocky people that were just like didn't ha- didn't want to have a bar about anyone else but themselves, <laughs> which is so not true and it's so not you at all. But it was just that first day and the way you turned up and the way you were like, should I just go see the manager? And I was like, Jesus <laughs> fucking
0: Christ, who's this person? Because <laughs> so, I'd already been there and I knew how short-staffed it was. I rocked up to training to get like my. badge and the the lady that does the training is just fucking horrendous I can't even be in her bubble like in her space I was just mm. like and I looked at her and I was like oh hell no and I saw all <laughs> the new people and I was like hey guys and I was like look I'm just gonna go speak to shit like blah 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 and um I'm just gonna start shift now and I just was like going straight in didn't realize that was the first meeting I actually had with Zana yeah but I did work with um one of our friends Rachel and I was actually like teaching her like the job and she was following me along and then I remember her saying like oh yeah like I'm staying with someone named Zana I was like Zana I was like what type <laughs> of name is that like <laughs> name is that I was like because you get so many people that would come in and out of this prison I was like Zana okay interesting and um we were going for dinner that night me and Rach and then um she was like oh do you mind if Zana comes and I remember thinking in my head like oh it's that funny name again and I was like yeah yeah I was like yeah totally bring her along and then um yeah I met Zana and we just like you know got to know each other across the table and then I was like i got some good vibes about this girl and yeah. then we got each other on Instagram mm. I think on Facebook oh and I told you that I was doing my website yeah Oh, we fast forward too much. Mm, when are we going go to go back? Because when I was in Tasmania, yes, I realized that so many people that had followed my bucket list journey were then asking me questions about travel nursing. And I was like, how am I going to combine like nursing into my bucket list website? Because it's two very different things. So I decided to make a brand new website and I called it Nourished Nurse because I kept the nourish theme because it yeah. was like Nourish 100. So I kept it as like, yeah, Nourished Nurse. And um. I moved over my blogs and I was like fixing it all up and I started contacting companies and like, you know, getting discounts on some cool scrubs and stuff like that. And I was really proud of it. And, um, I had come to, like I was doing her in Tasmania because I had so much time to myself. I was working through Christmas, but then I was like, fuck, this is hard work. Mm. <laughs> I was like, actually writing blogs and stuff for travel nurses is so hard, but I was getting asked the same questions all the time. And I was just like, I just wish I could just give them a link like yeah. to a blog. So when we were at the table at, at dinner, I was telling you about the website and you yeah. were like, oh, I write my own personal blog. Yeah. And then you were showing me and I was reading her blog and I was like. Fuck, you write really funny. Like you you're so funny when you when you write. I was like, this is so engaging. I was like, mine's so bad. My grammar is so bad. And then I was and then I told you, I was like, oh, I used to be an English teacher in Indonesia and I left because I'm fucking terrible at English. I can't do it. I was trying to teach the kids and they're like, miss, is it why is it like this? I'm like, I don't have any idea, man. I've got no idea. I'm just told to say this. <laughs> no, and then I kept saying words wrong. Like I would say it, I don't know the British way, not the American way. And I just was failing, yeah. failing these kids. So You're very good at English. you very good English. See, that's where our, our, our stories, you know, intertwined.
1: Yeah, and we decided to tackle this website together. Yeah. And it was our first little business together. Yeah, it was, and it was a cool distraction because the prison was fucking horrific a lot of the time, and you know, we needed. I don't an know outlet. why I went
0: back, honestly, but it, obviously if if something was spirit drawing. The guides drew us back together. I know that's what it was. <laughs> it's strange for me to go back to that place. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it was good. It was good that we both went back, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. We we had a lot of time on our hands outside of our. Oh, I mean, we didn't actually have a lot of time in our hands. We, <laughs> we worked didn't. a lot, but the time that we did have off, we would spend, you know, really hardcore doing this website. And I think it it was about three months that we were there until we decided that we'd start a podcast. Yeah. Because it was just before we left Grafton that we decided to start a podcast. Because, like, we
0: talked about it, but I don't think we were very serious about it. Yeah. But we had we definitely had the discussion and we did, like, this funny, like, we just put our phone up and we, like, taped yeah, ourselves. set up. And our photo that you guys always see with like, me going like this and then, like, Zana yeah. next to me. That was in that house. That was the first podcast we ever and recorded. I'm wearing this exact fucking yeah. Um. Uh, what do you even call that? A Stretchy head, hair tie? Yeah, hair tie. And uh, little hair ties in, in all our photos. It is. And, then, like, we took
1: that the first, like, we, we would just put it up there because we're like, we need something to put on Spotify yeah. that's just like us so people, like, can see it. And it's now become our brand, which that's is crazy. Our it's the literal first photo we took mm. in, like, grey sweatshirt. We were sitting there having um fake like fake wine because we were working that day and it was just like, it was just a great time. And it was like, it just felt like this, this huge step for us. So we started this podcast. We were so baby,
0: these little babies, but we caught it on our phone. And now bloody look, it was really bad bad quality. And like the photo, that's why I I changed it to a cartoon. I got rid of our eyeballs and stuff. Everyone's like, where's your faces? (laughs) Trust me, it's better without the faces, like without yeah. the eyes. But, um, <laughs> but then we decided to put the podcast on hold because we were actually going on like a six to eight week big road trip. Yeah. And we're actually going from like New South Wales all the way up to Alice Springs because we scored a contract together. We're like, let's unite, let's travel Australia together, let's do our website, let's be boss babes. Um, but then COVID just kept fucking ruining our plans. Yeah. And we are just kind of getting a little bit over it. It was kind of ruining trying to go dancing and exploring and all this stuff. So while we're in Brisbane, we were just like, God, it will be so fun to live our best sex in the city lives in Brisbane. We're talking about dating. Yep. So hard to date as a tribal nurse, like mm-hmm. so hard to date because obviously you're only there short term, so it's really hard. People would never think you're serious about dating because they're like, but you're yeah.
1: leaving. It's like, yeah, but also like you could still try and find something because that means I might stay, but then it's like there's a lot of pressure on relationships and a, yep. lot, a lot of pressure on dating when you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not here for very long, but like maybe we should have something serious, but I have to leave, but it's yeah. very confusing. So it never
0: worked out yeah. for me, never. Neither for me. (laughs) yeah i tried so we kind of just had a discussion We're like oh my god like we should see what apartments like are around and saw some really nice apartments and then we just got sucked into it we're like yeah let's do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's go to brisbane and get an apartment and work agency because that's what we love and live our best lives yep so we put an application
1: into an apartment in brisbane a furnished apartment Mm -hmm. because we had literally nothing. nothing and we were i think maybe four weeks onto our trip and the 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 lady was kind of like, oh, you've you've put the rent a little bit lower than we expect. If we don't hear anything in a couple of weeks, Oh, there's no other other Oh, yeah, because we put the price
0: down. We're like, nah, yeah. we don't even pay this much.
1: <laughs> and then she's like, if we don't get any other applications, I'll let you know. And then we were kind of like, oh, we're not gonna get it. We'll just find something else when we get back. Mm-hmm. And then she yeah, emailed us a couple of weeks later and said, Are you still interested? Because if you're interested, mm-hmm. you can put the deposit down today and you can have it. And we were in Harvey Bay at the time. Yeah. I remember I'd
0: just eaten those delicious scallops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so we thought, yeah, why not? This is obviously aligning for a reason. You know, we've got a couple more weeks on our trip. Mm-hmm. Jess was gonna head back early and get the keys and settle in. And then I yeah. was gonna come a couple
0: of weeks later and know, was so wild. It all happened. But then during this time, so when we had done our podcast and then we are doing that everyone kind of knew us as nourish nurses because we had actually like attracted some nurses who wanted to start agency and then they actually came to the prison that we were working at. So we started like being kind of known as like the nourish nurses within like travel nursing community. And from then um, we kept getting asked to be on other people's podcasts. And I had... Like I knew what the word podcast meant but I'd never I didn't even know where to look for a podcast. I didn't yeah. know like I'd never listened to one. Once like my, my attention span's too short. Like I can't I yeah. can't read so I didn't think I could do a podcast. But turns out I can listen to a podcast. Um so w- during that time we were road tripping. We got asked to speak on maybe three different yeah. podcasts. One yeah. of them I'd had remember that bottle of wine. Oh, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> and I was in a tent so like everyone could hear. Yeah. But I mean whatever I was on holiday. I know it was part of our life. We just like mm. recorded podcasts and rooftop tents and travelled around, and it was mm. our
1: life. And then we settled in Brisbane, and now we kind of have roots here. And yeah, not really. Leaving. As soon as
0: we got into the apartment, we're like, "All right, let's buy the equipment. Let's like do this seriously." Yeah, and then what? The sixteenth of September. Twenty twenty one. We sat on our lounge room floor and we recorded our first podcast. I think I had a hole oh. in my pants. Yeah, so you did. It was a big hole, a gaping hole. Where my vagina yeah. goes. It was a gaping <laughs> hole. And I remember saying to her, lucky we don't have video for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's a big... <laughs> Big underwear bit, looking at me through your pants. But God, then it started in the fire, just ignited. We just
1: loved interviewing people and talking about things that other people weren't talking about, and you know, chat, yeah, chatting about the stuff that you chat to your friends with after a few drinks, mm. and feel comfortable to talk to us about anything and everything, and create that space for people that they feel safe sharing vulnerable things with us because we yeah. wanted to create that space of us sharing vulnerable things with people and them, you know, receiving that too. So we're, mm. we're super proud of how it started and how it now, I guess, has progressed because. Yeah. It's, it's turned into something amazing and it's a huge part of our lives now. Massive part. And we thank every single one of you guys for listening along and following along because it's it, it means so much to us. And I wish we could say that to every single one of you because it really does. You're the only reason that we're all here and Devo because we'd be dead without Devo. Producer Devo. <laughs> Literally dead. I mean, I was recording. I mean, I was editing everything before yep. we got Devo and I think that was maybe We used to do
0: everything ourselves, like six social media, the Six reels. nine months ourselves, seven months or something. I was doing it myself. Yeah, and it got to the point where it, it became a breaking point where Zana was really kind of like- do we keep going with this because it's yeah. taking up a lot of our lives. But when we say something like when we say let's do a podcast and we release it every Friday, no matter what, we've kind of both got that personality yeah. where it's like if we say we want to fucking do something, we'll do it. We've yeah. only missed maybe one episode in the whole time, but then we've caught up with double episodes. That's why we're 52 weeks now. Yeah. But it's like we just – we have it in our head and we have to do it. Well, it's the thing. It's consistency, right? And people, like,
1: even though, you know, maybe at the start, people didn't expect a, an episode every week. They weren't listening every week. We didn't have that many followers following us. But the more you're consistent, the more people join on. And it's like, you know, it's not compounding interest. The more people that cut, like, it grows and grows exponentially. Yep. And so we, we know. We, we nearly can- pulled the plug. Yeah, we nearly pulled the plug because I. Couldn't do it anymore. I was so stressed. I was working 12 hour shifts in ICU. I was, yeah, you know, working a lot of night shifts. We had to get the podcast out in a certain time. You're studying sex. I was studying. It was too much. And I was like, I actually am close to having a mental breakdown. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And thank God that we found Megan through, you know, Jess working as an agency nurse. Yep. And happened to have an awesome husband who, you know, is a podcast editor and yep. a producer and a just just all round awesome bloke. They'd only been in Australia
0: for three weeks. And I was like, yeah. oh, so like, you know, I was like, obviously you are a nurse. And I was like, you've come here on your like your visa. And I was like, what does your partner do? And she's like, oh, he like works like media. And I was like, I was like, does he edit podcasts? She's like, I think so. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, can I have his details? Can, can we please? have him? <laughs> and then he nearly rejected my message because he just thought I was like a scam. spam account. And I was like, thank god thank god didn't. but and it's again the little spiritual fairies
1: mm. coming in and making it all happen because we literally wouldn't be here and you know we've grown so much now from this podcast that it'd be so, it would have been so sad to give this up mm. because it, it does create such a fire in our hearts and stuff sharing you know sharing other people's stories and sharing things with people it about does. our own lives and we love
0: having a drink as well so exactly. we get to have a drink during it talking about drink by the way mm. we got gifted some amazing packs from gin tonica yeah. and Some extra special ones for our birthday, which was so sweet. Um, And we are both having a different little one tonight because we're like, you know, fuck it. May as well have a whole little bottle each. They're really cute. You can have one to two drinks to yourself. Yeah. This is a Butterfly Gin by Mick Henry, and I put it on Instagram actually. What color was it first? Blue. It was blue when you put it in, and then as soon as you put the tonic water in, it turned I know, it's very cool. It was
1: so cool. But it's aniseed flavour. It's very licorice so not, not my um,
0: cup of tea. But I can't
1: taste the aniseed. It's though. very strong. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously just like aniseed. <sighs> I do like aniseed. But mine is Adam's gin um, and it is... It's supposed to be a blueberry and lavender gin. Can't taste really blueberry or lavender, but it's nice. It's very, very subtle. Mm. It smelled like brandy when I first put it in and I was like, whoa, is going to be a strong gin. And then you mix a tonic and you can't even taste it. Yeah. It's quite fascinating, actually. So we get to
0: try different gins every week. It's yeah. so freaking fun. Yeah, so it's great. But yeah, but we did start the podcast so that you could, yeah, just kind of create it like you're just in the lounge room, having a drink with your friend and talking about, vulnerable shit mm-hmm. so some of the vulnerable things that we love to talk about we've done episodes about disabilities we've done episodes about mental health we've done it about sexuality I opened up it was freaking scary but we did an episode with Becca Antonucci um, and I reached out to her and she actually voice-memored me back and I remember I was fangirl and so yeah much. I was like freaked out I yeah. just messaged her and I said look I do this podcast it would be amazing if you could be on our podcast and then she voiced me back being like fuck yeah I'd love to be on your podcast and she was like you know you should open up on the podcast that you've got herpes too and I was like <gasps> get fucked. I was like, <laughs> hell no. I was like, I'm all for creating a space for you. But I was like, I am not talking about this on a public platform. Hell no. Um, I was really confident talking face to face with people. I'd built up, like built myself up over the last few years where I've actually really comfortable in social settings, talking about it. I know I've helped a lot of people. And then I really sat there with Zana and I was like, I want to have to do this. Because it's going to help so many people and I know I need to do it. And I'm so glad I did. And I've done further episodes and I'm super open about it. And every single person that reaches out to me that I get to have a, you know, just a conversation with and just make them feel a little bit better about the situation or yeah. just give some advice. I'm just like, fuck yeah. It fills my love cup so, so much because it is purely a stigma thing. It is. The actual condition itself is so fucking minor. The first one is, yes, horrendous, but it is actually such a minor thing mm-hmm. once you carry on your life. But yeah. unfortunately, you got it for the rest of your life. So you just got to suck it up
1: and get on with it. Really, there's a lot of viruses that you can have for the rest of your life. Yeah. A lot of people that have viruses when they're kids that stay dormant in their system forever, and mm. people don't talk about it. They don't have a stigma about it. They don't. Exactly. But for some reason, because it involves your genitals, it has a stigma against it. And I know. it's no different to any type of flu you could possibly have. It just happens mm. to be in a vulnerable area that people don't like to talk about. Yeah. And you do have to disclose it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just stigma. It's just we're trying to break these stigmas because people only feel bad about it because people make them feel bad about it. Yeah. And we to stop that because people shouldn't be feeling bad about things that they can't control or change. And as part of them, you shouldn't be feeling embarrassed or or shameful for anything, any part of you, because that's how you are. And if you can't change something, then you really need to
0: change your mindset because otherwise
1: you're just going to be miserable forever about something that you can't change. Exactly.
0: So obviously, I talk a lot about my dating life on this podcast. Yeah, it's, I mean, it entertains everybody, inclu- <laughs> inclu- including myself. I try to put myself out there. I'm like oh, always like we not, love it. It's not like that. I'm on the hunt for like a husband, but I'm just like fucking hell. Dating is hard work. Like we kind of are. You kind of are on the hunt for. I husband. mean, I really, I would eventually <laughs> like a husband. Like I'm 31 now, and I'm like fucking hell. Like how long is it gonna take? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but I mean, I've only really taken it seriously for the last year, so yeah, fair enough. But um. I like to openly talk about dating because obviously it just resonates with a lot of people. And if yeah. people want to talk to me about that shit, I'm all for it. Yeah. But I also like to talk about like, that. yeah, I'm, I'm a sexual person. Mm-hmm. And just because I have herpes doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to be sexual. So that's why I kind of like to talk about my sexual stories with you guys as well. Cause it's like, you know, people know when they've listened to this podcast, they know my background. They know that it's hard to date and they know that I have, I have herpes, but I'm still always putting myself out there because if I'm not going to put myself out there, how the fuck am I ever going to meet anybody? exactly? So you've just got to, break the stigma, go talk to people. If someone says no, how the fuck are you supposed to have a future with them for something so minor? So
1: don't take it seriously. Don't take it as an offense to you. Take it as a tick, a green tick being like, okay, I can tick that person off because I don't want to have
0: anything to do with them because they don't accept me for me. Yeah. If someone literally can't deal with that, they're not going to be able to handle life with you. Exactly. They can't handle, like there are so many big things that happen in life. You know, Mm -hmm. there are sickness, deaths, like People get let go of their jobs. There's, you know, mental health issues. There's always things you've got to get through with life. And if they can't handle something so minor, they are not your person. Exactly. Not your Amen, person. Amen, sis. Mm hmm. hmm. Sing it. it. <laughs> so, how was your dating life? Because obviously, we moved to Brisbane in yes. and, and search for, like, you know, that sex and city life with dating.
1: Yeah. And, and
0: you went on some dates. I did go on some dates. I think um, when I'd first broken up
1: with my ex, I dated a lot. I think I kind of tried to, you know, fill that void or that hole by kind of realizing, you know, what the world out there was like in in the dating world. I'd never dated because I was 19 before that. I never wanted a boyfriend. So I'd never dated any time before that. So this was kind of the first time that I was able to date. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to experience what dating's like. I'm going to sleep around. I'd only ever slept with three people in my life. So I was like, I'm just going to like, yeah, live my best sex and city life, which is what happened straight after my breakup. And I thought I didn't really want anything serious. I just wanted to get out there, you know, get some experiences and have fun. Mm -hmm. which is what I did. I, I lived with a friend in Sydney and I did, I slept with a lot of people and I went out a lot and I dated a lot. And then I think through just my experience through, I guess, the the prison and then traveling for that eight weeks, I think, I think that eight weeks was like very healing for me as well. And Mm -hmm. I think that that time really like let me be by myself. And it was kind of the first time I was obviously in this contracts by myself as well, but the first time I was kind of by myself. I was camping in the middle of nowhere by myself. That's when you yeah. really fucking get to know yourself. Oh yeah. And I just think I really healed. And I think I didn't need to find gratification in sex anymore. And I didn't need to find worth in dating or sex. I didn't need that, you know, thing in my life anymore that I was, you know, waiting for or wanting, because obviously I'd gotten married. I wanted this life. I wanted this marriage and I wanted children and I wanted all of that. And when that got stripped away from me, it did feel like that may never happen. And it is very scary. And I think a lot of that was me trying to cover up, you know, the fact that that had happened to me. So I was trying to cover it up with other things and sleeping around and dating. But then when I was actually sitting there by myself, I really got to know what I needed and what I wanted. And I think I, at that point realized that I didn't want to settle for you know, what I'd been settling for. And I didn't really want to go and date everyone because I didn't want to tell my story over and over and over again. It was very draining. and I'd done it so many times that I think after that time away, I really was just like, you know what? I trust that the universe has something happening for me and I'm not going to force it. And I'm going to really enjoy this time by myself because I will eventually find someone and spend my entire life with someone that like, this is the time that I really do need to spend by myself. And I really enjoyed it. Like I did go on a couple of dates in Brisbane and I did Mm -hmm you know, try get out there. But I the think also there was this thing in the back of my mind that I really wanted to explore my other, the other side of my sexuality. And yep. I think that was really hard for me to come to terms with. And I think the more men I dated, uh, the more I kind of questioned it. So I kind of just like stopped dating men. Cause I was like, Oh, I just like, I know that I want to try this other thing that like, why, what's the point in keep dating? Cause I'm just going to keep like pushing this away. And I'll end up finding someone that's a man and not actually explore this side of myself because I've considered my sexuality like probably since my early twenties, I think mm-hmm. like, there were certain times where in my relationship, I yeah, thought about these feelings that I'd had for women. And I just kind of thought it was what everyone did. You know, I spoke to my other friends and I told them that the only porn I like watching is lesbian porn. Like, oh yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, maybe this is a normal thing. Like maybe this is just, you know, other people do the same, like uh, in the same boat. And I didn't really think that it was necessarily my sexuality. I just thought maybe yeah. that's what I was interested into, like sexually wise to get, you know, turned on. And I still was attracted to men. So I was like, oh, well, I mustn't be Gay because I'm still attracted to men as well. Yeah. So it was a whole journey, really, and I yes, I had to explore that only really recently. Yeah. Probably in the last six. Well, yeah, in the last seven months, I really kind of accepted the fact that I was going to explore this, and it took me a long time to kind of come to terms with the fact that yeah, this is actually my sexuality and not something that I'd thought about or maybe like was still questioning. It was actually something real and something that I wanted to kind of pursue. Because I think a lot of the time when people are exploring their sexuality, people think it's think it's experimental and they think it's just like, you know, you're just trying this out, but no, you're gonna end up up back with a man. Like you're just trying it out. You just like you just want the best of both worlds. You just wanna, you know, have it all, have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. And it, it's not like that at all. It's actually not it's not, and I think that people get, you know, bisexuals wrong. It's not that we're super sexual or hypersexual people. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we just maybe have slightly different interests. And you know, I'm more attracted to people and I'm not really necessarily attracted to a gender or a sex, like a a sex. I'm just attracted to people. And if, if I have that connection with someone, I don't think you can deny a physical and a chemistry with someone. Like you just can't deny that chemistry. And I had that with both men and women. And I think I was just ready at that point to start exploring it and it was fucking scary man. Yeah.
0: And you talked about it in the podcast like a few times like you kind of mentioned it and I think we find this is like therapy for us cuz yeah. like we talk about this with ourselves and our friends but actually putting it on a public platform it, it's very I know it's healing in a way because remember we'd yeah. like, get off a podcast where we talk about something really vulnerable and then we're kind of like, oh, I feel so like empowered and I feel really yeah. good after that, like yeah. a good vent session. And I remember when you did talk about your sexuality and like you wanted to kind of explore dating women that you were like, oh, my God, okay, I've said it. I've put it out there now. Like I feel really good about this. I'm going to actually do it. Yeah. And then you started to explore that. Finally. I did.
1: Finally. finally did. I finally, you know, actually, I, I, you know, secretly had, intermittently put men and women on my dating apps. And mm-hmm. I, I'd gone through and, you know, swiped through to see what's there, but never really matched with anyone. Cause I was very scared that I would get a match and I'd be like what the <laughs> fuck am I gonna do now like, I don't so want to talk I'd gone on and off like you know men and women for a long time and I remember being so scared you know when people would try to take your phone like oh show me like i oh, look through your dating apps oh yeah and I had to be like I used to be so nervous because I'd have to quickly swap it back to men so that the women disappeared and people didn't swipe through and be like why is there and some people caught me a couple of times so I was like oh yeah I was just having a look like it did happen a couple of times just where I, browsing at my competition yeah oh. where I got caught and it was like it, it was just a shameful thing and I don't like I don't know why I felt so ashamed about. it I think it is because I wasn't ready to openly tell people yeah. because I was still so unsure of myself. And I was unsure if that's actually who I was attracted to. But now obviously not, now that I know, and yeah. I know that I'm with Judy, like all of those things in my head that I was thinking were actually real and not, not fake. And not like this thing that I thought ev- happened to everyone. And everyone thought about these things. It wasn't at all because, you know, you
0: tried. <laughs> I tried. I mean, Rose last week, the <laughs> Shibari girl, I went to a sex party. I made out with her and I Preferred making out the husband. Rose is beautiful. Loves a girl. But, you know, I preferred her male (laughs) husband. Yeah, solidified my, you know, um, sexuality
1: by, you know, taking that path. And I also, the moment that I did and the moment that I, like, kind of said it on the podcast and told my family, like, my friends knew and they weren't weren't surprised at all when I told them Mm -hmm. that I was kind of starting to date women because I'd already kind of made small comments about it. Yeah. Um, And- you know, that I'd potentially, oh yeah, I'd date both. Or like, I'd make kind of comments like that or, you know, people weren't too shocked when it happened. But my family, I think my family were a little bit more shocked. They, I guess, have a trajectory that, you know, they think that their daughter follows and a normal thing, quote unquote, normal thing to do is, you know, you get married to a man, you have children, you spend your life with them and it's. Well, I mean,
0: they did watch you go down the aisle with a man too. Yeah. <laughs> and I completely understand there's a shock for them. It was a fucking shock for me too. I was like, oh
1: God, this is a different, you know, path than I thought my life was going to take. But it was also this life in my head that I'd always dreamed of. And it's this weird thing that unless you experience this, you don't really understand. But it's like every time I saw a lesbian person, it was like, or a lesbian couple, it was like this, like intense jealousy, but like I, I was so obsessed with the fact that they were together and I was so obsessed with their love. I just always thought that like lesbian, like relationships and gay relationships were so special that they'd gone to this place where they were so comfortable in themselves to then be in a relationship with someone of the same sex and show everyone that like, yeah, fuck it. I'm with someone like I'm with who I want to love. And I always mm. was so jealous of that. And now looking back, it was obviously because I wanted to be them. And yeah. it, it's very obvious now that why I was jealous of that. But trying to come to terms with the fact of that is very hard. Yeah. And it was a journey because I'm like, am I just jealous of them because they look really in love or am I jealous of them because I want to be them? And, mm. you know, now that I know it is because I want to be them and I, uh, you know, I, when well, I am them.
0: <laughs> I am them now. So, so if you're, if you're thinking those thoughts, you know, yeah. reach out to us
1: have a chat with her. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a confusing time. And I think until you kind of come to terms with the fact with yourself and being able to tell other people, it's, it's very hard to kind of. Yeah. Accept that within you. And as soon as you tell other people, it settles in like yeah. you admit it to yourself and yeah, you might think, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm gay. I'm lesbian. I'm queer. I'm going to explore this. But until you kind of, you tell people and you put it out there, mm-hmm. it still feels like this shameful forbidden thing that you don't really know how to talk about. You don't really know how to approach. So until everyone knows, and then you settle and you're like, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, everyone knows. And like, why not put it on a public platform? That's, exactly, that everyone can know that. Yeah, so yeah. I was that's shitting myself did. about telling my family, and you know, yeah. I told them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she really did. So the, that episode was called Fifty Shades of Shame, yeah. and we've gotten a lot of feedback from yeah, that we episode. Have. I had dived into some stuff which I yeah kind of forgot about, and then yeah. like, it's coming up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I did talk about that. Yeah, exactly. But um, you did something quite special on that I episode. Did. Want to talk about that?
1: So I. I'm a writer. I like to write. She's and very good at writing. I told you guys. <laughs> and I didn't really know a way to tell my family or my friends without words, like without written words. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to tell them with spoken words because I knew I would get choked up and I knew that I wouldn't be able to express what I wanted to express in that, you know, coming out quote unquote. So I yeah, wrote a letter
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I read the letter out in the podcast and I told my parents, look, there's going to be something in this episode that you know is going to shock you and i've written this letter so please just listen to the whole thing before you message me this is going to make me emotional again um and literally is yeah as soon as i'd read this out they both messaged me and both said that they were super proud of me and they accepted me for who i was and what i wanted to do and it's taken time and it has taken time but I have to also realize that it took me a lot of time. Yeah, It took me from my early 20s until 28, so probably seven or eight years, to come to terms with the fact of my own sexuality, that I can't expect people who have known me since I was born to – instantly be like oh my god this is totally fine everything's good so happy for you of course they're happy for me and of course they will be happy for me and of course they now are very on board and obviously love Judy and have met Judy and all that stuff but you have to give them a minute to kind of grasp yeah. the fact that the life and trajectory of their child has changed what they had in their head and it's fine that it takes them a minute because it's just it's just how they've structured something in their head that they are slightly have to change it and you just yeah. have to give them time and I think that a lot of people going through this transition and coming out need to realize that and need to give the people you're telling a bit of time to and Mm -hmm. give them patience to come to terms with it. It's not the fact that they don't love you. It's not the fact that they don't want you anymore. In some cases it is. And that's very sad, but Mm. in some, in most cases it's not. And most times they just need a minute and they're like, okay, let's, let's work on, let's work through this together. It's going to be a learning journey for both of us. Cause it's still a learning journey for me as well as them. So, you know, you just have to go roll with the punches, but I agree (laughs) this, um, this letter is quite long. So should I read the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. It's going to take a while. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry if I get emotional. I've got a really emotional the first time I did it. Look look at the
0: camera. I like, emotional.
1: <laughs> well, I'm emotional. <laughs> Zoom in on the tears, dropping from my face. Okay. The scariest thing in life, to do in life, is to share something that makes you feel really vulnerable with the people that are closest to you. If I had to tell a thousand strangers this exact same thing, I would not feel the same as I do sharing this with you. I think it's the possibility of someone close to you not understanding or respecting your life choices. That is much scarier than some random person who I may never see again. But I know this is all self-constructed shame. I know deep down the people who truly love me will accept me for everything that I am and whoever doesn't isn't worth holding space for in my life. What I am sharing with you does not define who I am, as I am a sum of all of my parts. I am still the little bossy, self-assured girl who told, who told her parents one day that she was no longer wearing nappies." <laughs> Although I had never not worn a nappy to bed before, that little girl never wet the bed once. I'm now the same girl, just a wee bit older. And I'm still strong, courageous, and independent who has grown and molded into what I believe to be a pretty awesome human being. And every little part of me has molded and shaped, has been molded and shaped by every single one of you. I am still me. That part will never change. I ask you to be patient and respectful I ask you to please do your research outside of this podcast before coming straight to me and do not rely on me for all of the answers because I'm not sure that I have all of the answers and I probably never will. Just because I'm sharing this part of my journey does not mean I know or can speak of anyone else's. What I can share with you today are the answers that I do have right now. And those answers will grow and shape and mold just like every other part of me has. Just know that I'm happy, the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And being able to share this with you is, sh- is like me shedding my cocoon of shame and emerging a butterfly. I'm no longer able to carry, sorry, I'm no longer going to carry the shame of something that was never mine to carry in the first place. I'm going to spread my wings now, my loves and soar. And I ask you to please join me. Mm. The end. <laughs> so <laughs> so yes, I have goosebumps just for, and shake you just from that because it's, it's such a raw emotional thing. And it's scary as fuck. And people who don't think coming out is scary is scary. And it shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. And I hope one day it's not a thing, but it's still a thing. And it still was a huge part of, you know, something that I had to do. And I'm very glad that I did it in a form that I did because I really got to, you know, express everything. There was no way that I'd be able to say that sitting in a room with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted them to know exactly how I was feeling. And I wanted them to know, yeah, that I was still me and nothing had changed. And just because I might be taking another path does not mean that I'm not going to be happy and have a fulfilling life. And yes, of course the obstacles and the hurdles of a same-sex relationship are harder and that's fine, but I'm not going to not do them just because it's harder. And just because there's hurdles, because I'm not going to not do it just to, just to, you know, make life easier. I want to be happy and I want to live my life. That's true. And I want to live the truest version of me. So I was going to do it. And I think I, yeah, I finally got the courage to do it. And I'm so glad I did because otherwise I would still be thinking about this now and i would still be maybe in a relationship with a man thinking about, you know, what would have happened if I had dated a woman and what what my life would have been like. And now I am the happiest I've ever been. And I'm in the most secure relationship I've ever been in my life. And the amount of patience that bloody woman has is ridiculous for standing by me and waiting patiently while I worked out my shit (laughs) And, like, no man would have done that. Well, I'm sure there's some out there. But, like, the amount of patience she had, fuck. Far out. Yeah. I would have had to go through 20 men to find one to do that.
0: <laughs> Those first few weeks you were like, what? What?
1: What? what? I was scared shitless. I was scared that it was all going to happen to me again. Like it's so good, so intense, I love it. Then you're like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Yeah, because the feelings were so strong and, like, letting my heart love someone again was hard. It mm. was scary because they could, like, in a second destroy it and I'd be back at square one again and having to deal with a heartbreak and yeah, I think Every, sexuality Yeah. You'd be like, oh,
0: damn, fucking women
1: do. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, it was, it was a journey. Um, it's still a journey that's you know very cliche there's a journey but life is a journey <laughs> I say a journey all and the it keeps time. it it keeps evolving over yeah. time and, and we'll be
0: sharing like it always weekly will. episodes of the podcast over the journey so, exactly and that's like what's been happening we've been like we've started at the beginning we've talked about our heartbreaks and then we've like you know gone through talked about our travel nursing how we met and then like talked about our dating lives sexuality herpes like we've gone through everything yeah like what a crazy ride this has I been know. this last year it has. Been. And then we worked at Sexpo, we ran a segment called Sex on the Floor and yep. we got to roam around interviewing everybody. It was fucking sick. Yeah, I know. And now we're going to the other sex boroughs, Sydney and Melbourne.
1: How life has changed. I know. From that moment. From that first moment sitting at a dining table with that tiny little iphone stand and that tiny mic that came off the top i think it was the podcast pack oh, that you buy at so jb hi-fi bad. that's like 120 bucks and it was so bad It had a little tiny light on it that you wound up to turn it on and it was just cheap it was real cheap till
0: now like a year and that much has changed yeah and like, us being vulnerable and talking like when we even had the discussion with sexbo um, and we had a video chat with them, and they were like, "Just quickly, like, what's your podcast about? Like, basically, like, what can we bring to Sexpo?" And I opened up about my herpes, and like, Sexpo is very big about sexual health, especially this year. It's very like diverse and about sexual health, sexuality. And then Zana opened up about her sexuality story, and they were just like, "Fuck yeah, wear your suits. We need you guys at Sexpo, and we'll yeah. just like, wow. So just be authentic. Just being <laughs> authentically us." And being true to ourselves and just being raw and honest about fucking everything in life is why we are at the stage we are now. Yeah, exactly. And we're just loving life. So thank you everybody. Yeah. And I, for following
1: us. And we will continue to create this space and hold this space for people to be vulnerable with us. If you have been listening and want to message us and tell us how long you've been listening, why you've been listening, Mm -hmm. your stories. We love voice memos so much as well. Please send them in because we've had an email recently from a beautiful listener and she really resonated with a lot of things that both of us had gone through and it really makes it all worth it. I think sitting here behind these cameras, we don't see you. We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't speak to you, but we share our stories and it, it is very vulnerable and it's sharing out, sharing your personal shit is scary. And it's why it's called vulnerability because it's not something that you naturally do. And we do have to put ourselves out there every single week and share these things. And sometimes, you know, me and Jess are sitting together before the podcast being like, I don't know if I can share that. Like, I'm just not sure if I'm ready, but we do it because we know that someone out there is going through the same thing as us. Mm -hmm. And by hearing that, no, we're going through it too. It makes you a little bit less alone yeah and it just makes you a little such bit less power scared. To vulnerability
0: yeah such power for sure
1: and we are stronger together the more we share things the more we cr- like crush these stigmas the more we you know trash these taboos yeah the more open the more accepting and the more loving everyone's going to be and we just want to sh- like spread kindness and spread love and that's why we end every episode with love life and laughter because that's what love life should be revolved around absolutely love and laughter and you know you know, positivity and sharing, sharing the good things about life. Yeah, life can suck and you can definitely sit there and debrief with your friends about the good shit. But once you've debriefed about the, the bad, the sorry, the bad shit, pick yourself up and, you know, focus on the good things because that's yep. what
0: keeps getting us through each week. Absolutely, yeah. So keep tuning in, <laughs> please and, do. You know, if you're following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever it is, whatever platform it is, you can actually give us a rating, and those ratings mean the world to us. Like yeah. they really, really do. So if you give us a rating, if you click the follow button, click the little bell symbol, um, you know, those podcast platforms notice that stuff, and we want we want to get noticed. We want to reach out to more people, and we're also on YouTube now. Yeah, come we're and on see on, our beautiful faces yeah, we're on, on YouTube video because we we talked about how like our voices are starting to get. Recognized now, um, which is wild. People don't know what we look like, but the voices are being recognized, and we're just like, you know what? Let's fucking up this and like mm-hmm. have video because it's just so much more personable. Personable. That's it. That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> Good English. Thank you. There's <laughs> oh. so much better English than me. That's why I have to double check and look at Zana. I'm like, is that a word? <laughs>
1: is that a word? You've made up a lot of words in this podcast. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah it's dude. fine. If we
0: could just go back and, like, you know, snippet all of the words that you've made I up. I wish it was always on video because the fucking funny shit that we have gone yeah. through. My God. It's anyway, time. this is the end of the episode, guys. <laughs> and I hope you like our one year recap yes. about the life of <laughs> Zana and Jeff. Oh, God. I hope we continue to bring you some, you know, hilarious stories. I'm sure. Oh, we will. The flavour to your Friday, every Friday. Mm-hmm. Remember, motto as well. It is bringing flavour to your Friday, every every Friday. single Friday, I'm sending you love, love laughter, love to, to you
1: Bye. <laughs>